The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest, W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Welcome back to Tea with Publicity. I am super excited for you guys to hear today's episode. Let me just break things down for you. So first, we'll catch up on me. I know everyone's wanting to hear about the date that I went on. Oh, wait. Maybe you guys don't even realize I went on the date. I did. Um, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the company party. And then we will jump into an interview with Laura Day. She is incredible. She's kind of like a psychic, but also like she says that she's like an intuitive person whatever that means um it's called something else like intuitiveness I don't know I don't know what I'm saying I'm really hungry and it's hot as balls in this recording studio right now Mackenzie and I are dying it's like the hottest it's ever it's the hottest it's ever been the boys were in here before us and we were like what were they doing in here like we are and I'm in a sweatshirt because if I take off my sweatshirt then I'm in basically a sports bra. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, there are no options. No. So we, okay, so we'll catch up on all of that. Then um, we'll do the interview with Laura. Then I will obviously do Ask Alyssa as we do. And then I can't wait to spill the freaking tea, guys, because Britney Spears has shaken me to my core. There's so many shows I want to talk about. There's just like so much. Okay, so let's talk about the date. I went on the date. It was a setup, as you guys know, um, out of respect for the people that set me up, as a respect for the person, as a respect for any single person that I'm going to be going on dates with. I'm never going to badmouth anyone. I'm never going to say anything because I just don't think that's right. I know some podcast hosts do that. Like, you know, they come on, they talk about everything. Like, Mm -hmm. for me personally, I can't be that way. It makes me too... Mm -hmm. um, anxious I wouldn't want someone doing that to me so you know that saying treat people the way you want to be treated yeah the golden rule (laughs) exactly so um what I will say is that I'm definitely going to be like it was good for me to get out there and to go on another date and just like dip my toe back in the water I think I needed that and um I felt like good afterwards too in the sense where I was like my mojo's back like I'm ready to flirt I am hot girl summer (laughs) and then I got stopped if you guys follow me on Instagram you know the story but let me explain it in a little bit more detail on the podcast so I was walking the day of the date Mm -hmm. you know when you're just putting like vibes out there things kind of come to you so I was putting these vibes out there I guess and I'm walking home from work and this guy stops me on the street and he's like excuse me, ma'am, like, I don't think he said ma'am, but he was like, excuse me. And I, I, first thought in New York is like, okay, what are you trying to sell me? Yeah. So I'm like, maybe he needs direction. So I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, do you, do you need something? He's like, oh, I just, you know, I wanted to know where do you get your hair dyed? (laughs) And I was like, um, it's this place like Bumble and Bumble. Um, he's like, oh, because, you know, I tried to dye mine last year and, it was, um, it, 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 there was, it came too light, but I like the shade of yours. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm looking at him and like, I, I think for context, 
I should explain, like, he was an Asian male, so his hair was black and short, okay? Yeah. So I feel like that helps understand why I was confused. The confusion, because, yeah. Because his hair is short and black. It's not like some hipster with long, wavy hair who right. looks like he gets his hair dyed. Done, yeah. So that was really throwing me off, but also I'm like, who am I to judge? Maybe this guy wants to grow out his hair and dye it. Yeah. Really. So I'm giving him advice. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, if it burns off, whatever, you, you should go to my girl. Like, she could help you. Blah, blah, blah. I'm talking his ear off, helping him. He's asking me detailed questions about my hair. And then, all, what did he say? Oh, he was like, how much did it cost? Yeah. So I was like, uh, it, I was like, well, to be, to be completely honest, I have partnered with them so I'm not really sure the amount of money and he goes oh so are you like on TikTok and I was like I guess you could kind of say that like sure that's one of the things I do right he's like well can I get your autograph and I'm like you don't even know who I am like it's not even like he stopped me because he I'm like yeah he thinks you're like Addison Ray. yeah like he has no idea who I am so I was so confused so I go I like my knee-jerk reaction <laughs> because no one's ever asked me that before i go where what would i sign yeah right <laughs> I yeah like what, your arm i was like yeah i'm thinking like do you want me to sign your butt like, yeah well, i don't understand right so i'm like um how what old would I was sign? he I, I forget like probably like my age i would okay, say okay so young and he, i'm dripping balls it is so, so hot, hot in here. here yeah holy shit so <laughs> so i go um I was like, he's like, oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. He's like, but anyway, so, yeah, like, I'd love to hear more about your hair over drinks. Uh, oh, my God. And I was like, wait, all of this was for that? that like, yeah. He's like, why don't I get your number? Oh, my God. And I'm like, I can't believe I've just been giving this man advice on hair care yeah. for the past five minutes yeah. so patiently. Because I really was like, I don't want to, what's it like, yuck his yums. Right, exactly. I'm like, if he wants to get his hair dyed, like, I'm going to help him out. Whatever. He asked for my number. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I have a boyfriend. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, you should have given him a chance. The thing was, like, the conversation was so awkward that, like, I can't even imagine having a conversation like like that. On a date, exactly. So I basically was like, um, sorry, I have a boyfriend. And he goes, well, is he better looking than me? What? And I go, you're in a mask. Like, oh, yeah, I, I yeah. honestly, right. I don't yeah. know. Good excuse. I, I was like, I'm not sure. I'm like, but thank you. And like, I start walking away. Right. As one and does like, in New York City. As it was weird, I was kind of like, yeah, man, just stop me on the street. My mojo's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> you so know right. what I oh, mean? Yeah, I would love that. I love like, it because yeah. even though you're not into it, you're like, what? Also, I get It's like flattering, credit. yeah. Like, just stop someone. Like, no one's just yeah. doing that these True, days. True, I know. And again, like, the, where you said, like, if it was some hipster guy with long hair asking about your hair, that would make sense. But he almost, like, should have had a better strategy to ask I was about something different. so thrown off yeah. why he was asking. But I was yeah. like, he's clearly, he had so many questions. Right, yeah. He was asking detailed questions that's about so my funny. hair. So I was like, all right, let's Maybe just. that's his, like, move. Like, maybe he Oh, and then at one point I go to him, are you trying to sell me something? Oh, my God. Yeah, I you thought he was trying to sell me hair products. Yeah. I I thought he was at any moment going to be like, well, did you know that this shampoo has no sulfates? So I was like, what is going on? Also, so because I don't want to give too many date details on the podcast, this is what I'm going to be doing. I will tell you guys about all the dates I go on. But once I go on like five, 
then I'll spill the tea on like all of them so you can't piece together which stories from which date. Genius. So I'm going to tell you guys because I'm not going to leave you hanging completely. I'm just not going to go on a date on a Monday and on Tuesday tell you about it. But on Tuesday of the next week, if I went on two dates that week, that week, you'll hear about it. So I want you guys to know you still will hear. I want to continue sharing this part of my life with you. I just don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Also, I have decided that I will spill the tea in the um, Facebook group, the Tea Tribe Facebook group. It is linked to my bio on um, Instagram, literally everywhere. So join the Facebook group. It is a safe space. I trust you guys there. No screenshots. None of that shit, guys. But I will spill the tea there on my dates immediately after they happen because it is our closed little community. It's not super public. So join that group. And um, like I said, I'm not going to leave you guys hanging. I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to be respectful. Respectful. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, guys, went on a date, got stopped on the street. We had our company party, which was so fun. So Mackenzie fun. and I were drinking together. I hardly remember, to be I, honest. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, at that point, <laughs> gone. But it was fun. I, we went to Mr. Purple and like, I, re- I told six people that they could come on my podcast oh my god I'm pretty sure I told Rudy he could be the second mic oh my like, god I don't, I, yeah, I, yeah. so I told Glenny Balls he can come on oh my god I think I told Tommy I told Vibs I told Rudy he can come back for a reoccurring segment <laughs> and then I um what else did I do I just got drunk talked to people for way too long I talked to Nate for a while <laughs> and then and then we went to 310 Bowery and I don't even know like 30 of us walked in at once. Yeah, there was, was like, it was so funny because I just remember we were walked in. The line was so long and I was standing there for two seconds and then all of a sudden Kelly Keeks is like, all right, everyone get in. And I was because like, this is oh, what happened. Kelly. And I'm like, I'm not important enough to like be in this group Kelly was up in. there and she was being polite. Yes. And I walked up next to her and I go, look, we're an entire company party. There's like 30 of yeah, us. Yeah, right. And he was like, okay. Yeah, literally. And then he's like, he kept being like, how many more? And I was kind of in the back. So I was like, in my head, I was like, Wait, I'm not going to make gonna it in. in. And Kelly Keeks is like grabbing everyone. She's like, all right, these are the last yeah, ones. She was come like on, the mom. On. And I'm inside like waving everyone. Like, come on in. Come yeah, yeah. And then we walk in. And you know, the second you get in somewhere, of course, I see a guy that I made out with once. Oh, I'm my like, God. Amazing. Hey. Hi. I, was, I honestly feel like I was kind of rude to him because I was so drunk at that point that he like tried to like say something nice and I was like yeah yeah no talk to you later bye I see you never (laughs) blew past him because I was just so drunk and I didn't want to lose people in the crowd yeah and then I remember just being at 310 Bowery being like I'm gonna leave because I can't drink anymore Uh, yeah no Irish exited yes no I did too like and it was so funny because I was talking to someone the next day, Natalie, one of the other producers here, and she was like, yeah, at one point someone just handed me a drink and I just didn't want it. And that I was felt me. bad. And I was like, literally the same thing happened to me. And she was like, but they bought me the drink. So I like felt awkward not being like, like I uh, had to have it. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like one of the other people that we were with. She was like, I felt so bad. I just like, I just I didn't Fran want it. I think bought me a drink. And I oh was like, God. them on me. Yeah, yeah. She's like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um... I drank it though, I, yeah. and I didn't eat at the party because oh, we were just like there's just so much going there was so on. much going on. Yeah. I didn't eat. I'm mm-hmm. gluten free. It's like so annoying. Yeah, and I just didn't. And things uh, like I was really drunk. Like yeah. I'm okay. Like I remembered everything, but the whole next day I was at a commission. Yeah, it just like it escalates it quicker when it you're not eating anything. <laughs> it's so fun, guys. That New York is back open. Like I'm just feeling 
so good about it. Oh, one other thing I had on my list before we hop into our interview that I want to talk about is talking about the company party and how I didn't eat. I have this weird like insecurity around dating as a gluten-free person. Oh, which I think makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. For and sure. I was talking to my therapist about it a few sessions ago and she was like, you can't hide who you are and be like the quote unquote cool girl mm-hmm. because then someone's going to like you because you're someone you're not. Yeah. You're better off just going into the date and being like, hey, by the way, I can't eat gluten. And then they'll just know from day one yeah. that you can't eat gluten. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, it's just something that like I've always been a little weird about because I don't like to be difficult I like yeah. to be the easy you don't want to be like high ma- even though it's not high yes. maintenance like some people could take it that way when you're like ooh, like I don't want that but it's you literally can't have it so you exactly. shouldn't feel that way yeah but I like to be easy breezy cool cool girl right. so I'm the girl that'd be like yeah let's split the calamari and then like be sick to my stomach in the bathroom. Yeah, later on and no one knows. So I've decided just like going back into dating and stuff like I'm just going to be who I am up front so this is my little pep talk to you guys too <laughs> like if you don't like beer and the guy takes you to a brewery don't pretend to like beer yeah like just you have to be yourself without yeah. being high maintenance without mm-hmm. being bitchy I think yeah. it's just important to go into dates completely being yourself and like let's break this like I need to be the cool girl mentality yeah so let's hop into our interview with Laura Day she's so freaking cool I asked her guys if she believes in manifestation you'll be shocked by her answer mm-hmm. I asked her if she believes in signs like 11 11 and all of that again you'll be shocked by her answer she was so cool that after the podcast she didn't give me like a psychic reading but after the podcast when the cameras were off she looked at me and she was like you need to unleash your inner bitch a little bit and I was yeah, like, <laughs> I do. She's like, I feel like you need to let it out. And it is true because I try to be so nice to everyone. Yeah. And so happy all the time. And sometimes I just want to get on my phone and be like, F you. Yeah, F exactly. You, you. Yeah. And she's not wrong. Um, And she kind of gave me like a little bit of like a reading. She told me the only thing she told me really was that she thinks that I'm going to work in many facets of entertainment, which doesn't surprise me because I host – I do TikTok. I already kind of do, but she doesn't know anything about me. She was just like, I see you working in many facets of the entertainment industry. And then she invited me and Mackenzie <laughs> over to her house. She was literally so cool. Like, and I read online, Mackenzie, that she charges $25,000 a no. month per, like, whatever, for what? her services. So if we get a free session yes. out of this, like, oh my God. It's big. No, she was like so cool. Even like, I was like, you, I was like, oh, I used to work in sports. She's like, oh my God. God, that's so awesome. I love that. Like my nephew works in sports. She genuinely like seemed like she cared about us. Yes. And like we just met her. She's that kind of person. She said that. So basically she said she like picks up the energy in the room of the people that she's with and she like feels their whatever. So Mackenzie and I got this like really cool moment with her when we were done. And basically she was like, you need to come over and I want you to invite 10 friends under 35 and I'll invite 10 friends over 35 yeah. and we'll have like a meeting of the minds mm-hmm. and we could all network yeah and I texted her yeah wait she t- did I tell you oh she yeah texted you sent me, me what she said back like the nicest thing so sweet she was like you're a heart on feet and you have a will of steel yeah and <laughs> it's so intelligent too. oh I need to range I need to see with her because we were supposed to get together this week and then it didn't happen but anyway guys she I was reading online after that she works with like the um Deepak Chopra, Brad Pitt, Jennifer oh Aniston. Like she works with every Legit single people. major celebrity. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I was like, and we were in the same and you could just tell, sorry, I'm rambling. <laughs> 
I'm just like I'm hyping her up because I think she was maybe one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think I've ever seen someone's brain work that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. You could just tell sitting in the room with her that she's operating on like as um, Chloe Chapman Tra- would say from Siesta Key, <laughs> she's vibrating on a higher level. Like yeah. she and she was very like rational. Like I feel like so sometimes rational. those people are so like off in the like the spiritual world like she was but at the same time she was like literally rational about everything like very grounded yes 100 percent. that's so true okay so we're gonna get into that interview with her now then stick around because i need to spill the tea because we need to talk about britney and also as always answering some ask Alyssa questions okay guys i am here with laura day laura what is your like title I, you know, it's changed in a 40-year period. I'm an intuitive. So my job really, it, it, the, the, the word people know is I'm a psychic, except that I work in the mainstream. My day job is I predict the future for companies, and what I love doing is training people to use their intuition in communities. So I always talk about on this podcast how I had a psychic like change my life because it just helps you kind of see it helped me look at areas in my life that I needed to improve or that I wanted to focus on and I consider myself actually pretty intuitive so do you have any tips for people you know tapping their own intuitiveness well I've written six books on the topic so I definitely (laughs) have tips and I'm going to give you some quickies but one of the things that I've been doing especially in the last few decades because when I started in 1983 I actually started as a test subject so it was when universities were interested in what they called the extended capacities of the human mind since then it's become a multi-billion dollar business Mm -hmm. And you don't, you know, since unlike, for example, when you go to a doctor where there is an organization, they have to be educated in a certain way, they, you have some guarantee of their authenticity, some guarantee, um, no, no, not a complete one, you don't with intuitives. So the first thing I, I say is be cautious because these things are best used in communities, whether your community is your company, uh, your community is one that you find online or in a group. When you're uh, going to an intuitive or a psychic, it's really important to get a referral. And it's really important to also know that you know your information because we're all intuitive. You Mm. know something. Now, often, Uh, what you react to in a reading as wrong is actually right and something you don't want to look at because it does, that is the upside, as you pointed out, is, is that it will open a perspective that you didn't have that will help you make change. But I say train your friends, train your office, you know, train your whatever groups you belong to, train your Soho House gang, train each other so that you can do this for each other and at least you know the integrity of the person giving you information. It's so interesting because like as you speak – it sounds really wild, but I almost feel emotional. Does that happen around psychics or like intuitives? Well, first of all, everybody is intuitive. And it really, the kind of intuitive I am that's very detailed is the function of a damaged brain because your brain is actually supposed to filter a lot of that out to function well in the world. But there is a degree of merging hmm. that happens with people who are porous like I am. Um, Although I would say 
just sensing you that you're somewhat porous as well. Uh So people must get emotional or reactive around you too. Yeah, it's funny because like I – yeah, I can't explain it, but like you're, maybe you're just very calming. I don't know. I just nobody finds me calming. My, my <laughs> students do. find me so intrusive. I'm the person <laughs> who will call a trainee at eleven o'clock and say, "I know you think that this is a good idea, but it's not." And they're like, "Oh my god, I haven't spoken to her in months. What's wow. she doing in my life?" I, I people don't, you know. Actually, I wrote a book called "Welcome to Your Crisis," and and actually shaking people up. Mm. Except when people are really in crisis, already shaken, um, but not stirred. But when people are uh, stuck, often it's most helpful to shake them up. And the people-pleasing kind of pablum, your life is this and that, that doesn't shake people up, doesn't help them change. Now, you want to anchor that. Mm. And, I, and I work mostly with companies, and they, too, have illusions about themselves or things they expect to happen that are going to go differently. And it is actually an intuitive job to say, whoa, 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 step back here. Mm. This is what's coming up that you may want to look at, and here's how you can change it now. You know, and I think that one of the risks of going to a psychic is a giving away your power because every I've never met. I mean, I train banks to do this uh, who who are not believers because mm. it's not a belief; it's a tool. I've never met anybody who can't use their intuition effectively, especially for another person. You know, you have your own bias with yourself. I have my own bias with myself. I've never met anybody who can't do it effectively. But the risk is, is if you're going to meet tall, dark, and handsome in February, you know, don't stay in your house till February. Uh, you yes. know, people tend yeah. to wait and get reassured. They use it as a drug. It's kind of, it's kind of emotional heroin. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because the psychic intuitive person I went to didn't tell me that kind of stuff, which I was really appreciative of. It wasn't like, oh, you're going to marry someone with the name Jay on this date. It was more just like, he was like, you know, I'm sensing you have a lot of anxiety. And I was like, no, I got defensive. I'm like, no, I don't. And then, you know, after when I take a look at myself, I'm like, wow, I'm very anxious. (laughs) So it helped me kind of more so like navigate things in my life that I maybe wasn't confronting versus I feel like, you know, if someone told me, oh, you're going to meet someone in February, then it would be too top of mind for me and I'd be too... But there's also a mix. I mean, I Mm -hmm. do train my students to give details because the only Hmm. difference between psychic and psychotic is that your information is right. Otherwise, you're just hearing and seeing things. So I, I do train my, my students to both uh, give detail so the reading can be proven or disproven, so it's evidence-based, but also to give process um, so the person can then talk about it with their friends, work through it in their dreams, go to their therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the other danger, and, and you bring this up, of, of um, psychics is that you don't want an unskilled doctor or an unskilled therapist or an unskilled financial advisor, which is why I work with therapists on how to be more intuitive therapists, for example, mm-hmm. or I'll work with fund managers on how to invest better. But it's you, you really want to make sure 
that you're using things uh, for their proper uses. And a way, you asked a great question, which is how do people do it for themselves? Mm -hmm. Because I'm really big on that. You know, it is always helpful to have someone come from outside and say, oop, this is coming up and you're not seeing it. Here's how to prepare mm-hmm. now and change it. Because, of course, we are masters of our own reality to some degree. Um, but doing it yourself is great. So I w- I'd love to give kind of a one, two, three, because yes. if everyone did this, life would go so much more smoothly. I'm ready to hear the answers. <laughs> so you're getting really detailed information all the time about the gazillion questions you've had over a lifetime, as well as everybody else's thoughts and ideas, because telepathy has been very well researched for 60 years. So you are, you're just, you know, your internal self is a, and I mean all of ours, is a mess of impressions, questions, knowledge. The first thing to do is what do you want information about? Mm. What do you want to map to? What do you want to resolve? What do you want to create? So uh, in intuitive speak, we call set your target so that then that target begins to extract the information you need as opposed to just the mess that is all of us where we can't find anything. And of course, you know, we underestimate how busy our lives are. So in um, a process I called the circle, and I do this once again with individuals and companies, what is your goal? And that goal evolves as experience evolves it. But what's your starting goal? What you'll notice is that in simply setting a goal, all of the sudden, over the days and weeks and in your dreams, you become aware of different things, and then you make new choices about them. Um, then, once you set the goal, and this is so hard for people, don't imagine it happening. Don't creatively visualize. You can only visualize what you know. You know, you can only use imagination for what you've been exposed to. Mm. That limits you. So, so I'm sorry that I keep hitting this. No, it's okay. This is like... Um, There's another, the intuitive process is to set a target. So what's your goal or a question? Hmm. And then to allow yourself to simply notice what you notice. So instead of creating it or thinking it, you Mm. notice, oh, I'm feeling here. Oh, my attention went there. I thought of this person. I went to this memory. I'm noticing this board here. You and Mm. document it. Because once again, the mind is such a messy place that as you walk through your day, once you have a goal, if you notice what comes out, who comes out, uh, what comes up from left field, so not in your normal course, then if you document it, what you'll notice is over the days and weeks, you end up having a map. Those are just the first two of nine Mm -hmm. elements of using your intuition, but even those two will make a dramatic change. And I think we get caught up in our reactivity and we forget what's our goal. Is your goal really to be the smartest person in the room or is your goal to have a good time or is your goal to find new friends or is your goal to be of service to someone? You know, Really knowing what your targets are help you achieve them hmm. uh, effectively and cleanly. And believe me, we all get distracted from those targets, and that's reactivity and life. It's interesting because I, as I've gotten more in touch with like my own spirituality, I've definitely noticed signs and things that I re- like see over and over and over again, like. Um, 
one thing I always see is like 1111 or just like repeating numbers or I'll see one thing I've been seeing lately and I don't know what it means is I keep seeing my area code from where I grew up, like my cell phone area code 973 everywhere I go. And I'm just like that one. I don't, I don't know, but I take these things as signs and I keep seeing like the same things. Is that something you believe in or it isn't? It is not. That's why. um, So I don't know. I get these emails Mm -hmm. um, from, from flyover states that say, I found, I found this picture from this album three times. So I know that means I'm destined to be with this rock star. And I'm like, I I email back and say, you know, you're definitely destined for something wonderful and you'll decide what it is and create it. But your whole life is a sign. So there's, when you pick, when you pick signs out, um, it's often something you're looking for. And, mm-hmm. and not an actual sign. Maybe you are looking to reconnect, for example, with something from your past and revision it in a new way. So your subconscious is making you aware. I see. But, but everything in life is a sign. Like I know a sign I'm beginning to unravel when I forget my umbrella and I trip. You know, two things. Because I don't wait for the third thing because there's going to be a third thing. I know I need to take... Uh, take a little breath, take a little break, maybe have a good cry, yell at somebody, do something. Um, and But it's not, it, it's an indicator, not a sign. Also, intuition, I think that um, if you believe in spirituality as it's sold to us, mm-hmm. we believe we're all one. And if we're all one, then trying to be more spiritual is regressive. The really hard work is being a human being. Mm. And, and, Intuition is not spirituality. Intuition is an ability your brain has to connect through telepathy, which is you know mind-to-mind communication through precognition, being able to tell the future, from remote viewing, which has been extensively studied by the military, being able to literally see or even be in a remote location to, in a sense, leave your body with your senses. All of these mediumship, which is your ability to be someone or something else, it shows us that we are interconnected, Mm -hmm. always. The hard job is actually how do we use these skills to make better lives, to make stronger communities, to reach our dreams. I think a truly spiritual human being is someone who has reached their goals, not maybe at 25. You should still, if you've reached your goal at 25, <laughs> I feel very sorry for you. But, but you know, who, who sets a target, who meets roadblocks, who engages their intuition to resolve them as cleanly as possible and move as quickly as possible, and who has the necessary elements of life. And, you know, we all walk into walls. The greatest psychic, the greatest spiritual master in the world still walks into their own walls because I think we as humans are here to evolve spirit. Spirit is unchanging unless we evolve it. We do the hard work. That's so true. And I I say that to my friends sometimes because we'll have open conversations about, like, our mental health or how we're feeling. And I'm like, sometimes it's like, why is it so hard to just like wake up happy? (laughs) Like it's hard to be a human. Like you go through ups and downs and like I woke up this morning being like, oh, I'm having the best Monday ever. Like I really felt that way. 10 minutes before we started, I just got a nasty message in my inbox and it completely threw off my energy because I'm like, oh, like, you know. And this is happening in your psychic inbox. Yeah. 
all the time because telepathy, the first conclusively convincing research on telepathy was done at Mamamadi's Medical Center 60 years ago, mm-hmm. so a couple of your lifetimes. I was al- I don't even know if I was alive then. There is so much convincing scientific research now, conclusive research on the fact that everybody is porous. So you may have also, you know, even without that email, that someone is being toxic to you, even from afar, affects mm-hmm. you. And there are ways, uh, mindfulness, is, and I don't mean meditation, because if you do everything you're supposed to do for 20 minutes in a day, exercise, meditate, <laughs> blah, 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 you don't have a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have to give up personal hygiene, which already is a little, you know. <laughs> so, but but it, it's, we, we are porous. So it, mindfulness is good right in this moment. And let's do this. Everybody listening also do this. Where are you in this moment in mm. space-time? Like, don't be meditative. Don't go. Being meditative in itself is, in a sense, going somewhere else. Just be in you. How do your feet feel? Are you hungry? How does it feel to sit here together? How do the sounds of our voices hearing? Where is your attention? Bring it into this point in time-space, into this moment. And then when the more full you are of you, the, le- the, less, the, the less pathogens can get in. Because someone writing wow. a nasty email, you know, that's a pathogen. Hmm. And, and use everything for your own good. I mean, because things will go wrong. And I mean, I, I work with, I have over the last more than 40 years of my practice, worked with the top so-called spiritual leaders. And by the way, being a good teacher doesn't, or a good leader doesn't always mean that you have it together as a person, but even mm-hmm. the most together, the people I would bow to walk into their own walls because that yes. is how we grow. Unfortunately, I really want to come up with a better system. Mm-hmm. And that's the human condition. And when we are able to be a little more forgiving with ourselves and, and as, as heads of companies and as family members, when we can be a little bit more forgiving of ourselves, we're also able to extend that to others. And in doing so, we make everything and everyone more useful. Hmm. That's interesting. I I go through this like struggle between, because I do a lot of self-work, like all day, every day. Like I'm just, just always trying to better myself, you know, working with a therapist, working, just like checking in with myself, trying to control my anxiety, doing all of these things. And I, I have moments where, like, for example, like I woke up today, I'm like, I'm going to have a positive mindset. Like, I'm going to tackle this week. And then I'll get something negative and I'll be like, oh. But then I try to remind myself, like, for example, today, she might hear it here, but like, I have a friend, her birthday's coming up. She hasn't um, really been able to spend like a lot of money on herself recently. So I, I went out and I bought her something that I know will make her happy because I'm like, what is confidence to me? Confidence to me is like helping people and doing things for other people. And you know, I'll try to do things to like (laughs) make myself feel good, but I feel like I'm always in this constant like up and down of like good, bad, good, bad, because I'm like my own hardest critic. But also it's, it's, you know, a life of self-reflection as, as someone who presents others, you Mm -hmm. are a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to have that challenging life of self-reflection reflection because you're dealing with in yourself everything that you're going to help other people deal with to have a better life. Also, I'm not a big believer in good and bad. You know, um, 
uh, narcotics are wonderful if you're passing a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. Not so good as a daily habit. Yeah. Uh, you know, light bulbs are wonderful. Lick your fingers, stick in a live socket. Not so good. Something difficult that happens is always an invitation, an uncomfortable one, but an invitation for you to do something differently. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I walk into walls and I try to remember to say, okay, thank you, wall. Let me look at this. Oh, gee, this is the same wall I've been walking into for 62 years. Is there anybody who can help me do something different now? It, can I help myself? What are my choices? The great thing about intuition is when you ask yourself questions, you begin to get these odd answers out of left field. And if they're safe... You try you try them out, mm. um, and and as you use your intuition, your subconscious makes it more available to you. Uh, intuitives tend to be hyper anxious. I am def- I'm the poster child for anxiety. Mm-hmm. The um, the cure though for anxiety is not self reflection. The cure for anxiety is to be engaged in things that have a beginning, a middle, and an end. That, and to be in the moment, because anxiety is usually past trauma interpreting a future that you can change. Yeah, it's like you're, like you said before about being mindful, I feel like when I'm going through anxiety, I'm just, I'm there, but my head is here. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. I'm not mindful. And you're And you're not powerful when you're not present. The fact of the matter is, you know, we all have... I have never met anybody without a disgusting underbelly. You know, that's what we're here to work on and and to share. You know, I've had horrible things at times written about me, and people have said, oh, I can bury that for you. And I'm like, I'm a teacher. My job is to not bury anything. My messes should be common knowledge, you know, also because I want help with them. Mm. You know, we, we tend to be so secretive about two things, what we have and what and what we need. And I think if we're more open about those things in an honest way, we'll get what we need because the number one indicator of of longevity is purpose. Hmm. My therapist said that to me last week actually about being a teacher. She was like, you're, you know, there's a vulnerability in exposing yourself to people and teaching them because, like I said, you know, sometimes you're... I'm open or I'm this and I'm that. And when you're open and vulnerable, it there could be a lot of criticism. But then there's also an aspect where I have to kind of reframe it and be like, but people are learning from me. So Right. And and you also have, you know, th- there there is there's a midpoint. I mean, I think that it's even harder. And I see a lot of this in the self-help guru field. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, oh, I have to be perfect in order to teach. Uh, you know, I'm very honest about my my messes, and they're very public because uh, no, I'm. It's my struggles that have refined me in order to help, and it's such a burden. All of these gurus who think they need to appear perfect mm. to a public. Someone who tries to do that is someone who's trying to take your power away. Mm. And I always say the number one yardstick. People say, how do you know someone's a good psychic or a good therapist or even a good friend uh, or a good CEO? How do you know? And you know because you walk away feeling empowered. You don't walk away thinking, oh my God, they have so much wisdom. You walk away saying, wow, I'm it. 
I'm able. Yeah. I can do this. You know, that and I think in a in a really profound way, and I hate I hate to do my crone thing <laughs> here, your generation is wonderful at that. Mm-hmm. Your generation is really good at saying, Okay, here's my challenge, here's what I've learned. I hope it helps. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I, not perfect. I hope it helps. I agree because social media obviously is such a double edged sword. Like some of it's so great, some of it's so not great, but the people that I've seen on social media put themselves out there and say, Hey, like you said, I'm not perfect. I'm not doing my best. It's empowering to be able to relate to people like that and to be like, look, we're all going through stuff. I did this thing the other day on Instagram where I said to people, tell me something scandalous. And people wrote in, the craziest things you've, you've ever heard. And honestly, as me, as someone on the other end of it, I was like, everyone's flawed. Like every, like who cheated on who, who did this, who did that, who, I was like, who says that's a flaw? Who says that's not an honest effort to get yourself out of a relationship that's deadening to both parties? You know, I think that we tend to uh, classify things as, as positive or negative Mm -hmm. or good or bad. Now, I think that there are certain things that that if you do once again believe in any kind of unified field or spirituality are bad, you know, uh, prejudice is bad, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, greed is bad, poverty is bad, all of these things are bad because they're, they disrespect also the person doing them if we're one field. However... There's very little, listen, if you have to cheat to get out of a relationship you shouldn't be in, you know, maybe you'll grow out of it. But whatever. If you mm-hmm. have to, you know, I mean, we all, um, I'm trying to think of a way, I, you know, I hear all of you on air saying the most wonderfully funny, scandalous things, <laughs> and I blush in private, but I just can't do it. Um, but, you know, I, I, we all sell pieces of ourselves. We all do. Mm-hmm. We have to. We all you know, life isn't, oh, I can be pure in a pure world. Yep. It's okay. I have to kiss this ass. I have to sell a little here. I may even have to lie a little there. Although lying is tricky because subconsciously people know you're doing it but and don't trust you. But, I, you know, we all sell b- bits and pieces. And if you do life well, by the time you're older, you don't have to do that as much anymore because you built yourself, uh, you built yourself a foundation it's okay to have goals. I had somebody in a workshop. We do a circle workshop, and the circle workshop is really bad. How do you have a goal and achieve it? And his goal, and everyone got down on him for it, was for a very expensive new car. Mm. And everyone was like, well, that's such a, you know. Mm. But, but for him, you know, we designate things as symbols. It, first of all, people should want what they want and stop mm-hmm. judging it. And second of all, it was about mobility for him. It was about, he came from an evangelical family in a small town and was working in Hollywood at an agency and his boss two weeks later without knowing any of this gave him that exact car because hmm. he committed to it and he defended wow. it. It was a whole group. It was in Sun Valley, Idaho. Actually, it was back probably before you were born. It was, um, Demi Moore had done a workshop for me in Sun Valley. So they were all people from all over, some, some locals in Haley, so, some locals and some. And, and this guy had, had done this. And it was, it was such proof of, wait, if I can make it happen that easily, 
how could that be how can effectiveness be wrong and and then with that mobility then you choose what you want to do with it and mm-hmm. you can choose to be generous or ungenerous with it you know we make those choices every second so to me that sounds like manifesting do you believe so, in manifesting so i love this i know you I just asked me my favorite question <laughs> So people love to magicalize things because mm-hmm. when you magicalize things, you can make money off of it. Mm-hmm. Every night, almost, except when we go out, I manifest dinner. Mm-hmm. I chop up the salad. I cook the food. Manifesting simply means making something happen. Mm-hmm. And you are making something happen all of the time. You want to ma- make things happen not from your pattern behaviors, but from your goals, allowing intuition to give you new resources. Mm-hmm. So manifesting is just a fancy word for making something happen. Just like spirit is just a fancy word for unified field. I, that's interesting. I guess to go a bit deeper because these are all buzzwords, you right. know, that we all hear. And you're someone that's been in the industry for so long and you're like, eh, well, it's actually I've been this. in everything <laughs> for so long at this point. <laughs> but so do you, okay, like let's say for example, um, you know, I want to see myself in a certain career milestone or this or that in five years time, not tomorrow. Do you believe if I put those thoughts out there, manifest, quote unquote, it will transpire? No. What I believe is if you set a target, set your goal, and allow yourself to notice what changes as you go through your daily life when you keep bringing yourself back to that goal, Mm -hmm. even in a family argument, how does that how is that preparing me for my goal? You trip on the street. How is this preparing me for my goal? So you really fold everything into that goal, and you may find that you're ready in a year, not five years. Mm. You may find that when it happens quickly that you need to put – that you're actually not ready for it, and you need to put it off. I mean, one of the wonderful things about teaching this work is I see people um, create – through their own abilities in their life so effectively once they just tweak habit a little. You know, we're held together by habit. And when you soften that glue a little, it is amazing what can transpire. In a sense, our world is all like this. And even for a second, if you go like this and can see, you know, 180, let alone 360, that so many more opportunities become available. And, and so I, I believe um, imagining once again isn't really helpful, like creative visualization isn't really helpful in my experience, although it can start a process mm. because you can only visualize what you've been exposed to. And even someone else's life isn't yours. You know, everybody has a superpower, at least one, and everybody has an Achilles heel. You know, most people with brains like mine are in mental hospitals or dead. I have two dead siblings and one who's pretty crazy. You know, I, I'm was I I had a I had a goal. I was lucky to be an oldest, and the goal was to was to create a solid environment. And my and the one skill I have, which is actually a neurological deficit, intuition, has given me the most amazing life. Mm-hmm. It's just we tend to not value. I do memoir, and my husband always says, "Ugh, you know, write about your intuitive things. Write about dead people. Write about da da da." And I'm like, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in my relationship with my manic depressive mother. I'm inter-. But he goes, "Well, but everybody writes about that." Your superpower is boring to you. 
You know, my intuition is only interesting to me because I teach it and then I see other people doing it and then it's exciting. But your superpower is just a part of you. You know, you kind of discount the parts of you. It's, it's your vulnerabilities are, are often what, what are interesting to you. Wow. So, so one of the great things in being in groups is notice what people come to you for. Like that person who wrote you that nasty email mm-hmm. must really trust your goodness in order to treat you in that way. Mm. And perhaps this will teach you about boundaries as you non-reactively either respond or don't. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you may not realize that your trustworthiness, your heart, is your, is your superpower. You mm-hmm. may realize it. And underneath that heart, which is a superpower everyone can use in you, you may find that the fine intellect that's able to compartmentalize experience in a useful way is actually your superpower. Mm-hmm. And that, then that may lead you to... I don't know, ruling the world in a positive way. It's interesting how when we say, okay, this is happening, how is this addressing my strength? How that continually uh, expands who it is, where your strength is. And then you can use your strength to to protect the vulnerabilities. You know, Mm. we don't always have to, uh, there's so much I'm not good at. But I'm just never boundaries. Terrible. My students always say, let's talk boundaries. I have therapists on to do that because I'm terrible at boundaries. You know, I'm don't even I will don't even bother. Thank God I have a <laughs> husband with good boundaries who models it for me and like pulls me in. No, we cannot yeah. take every street person home. No, not every puppy and kitten. No, 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 no. You know, reel it in. Um, wow. you know, so so it <clears throat> sorry, it is it's a process of learning. So I think two things pop to my mind. Um, you speak of superpower. And, you know, I'm trying to think, what are mine? How do people identify what their superpowers are? Do you think it just comes out over time? It's something you're aware of? Or do you think people aren't even aware sometimes? Well, most of the time people aren't aware. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just a weird kid who said inappropriate things I wasn't supposed to know. And you know, many people didn't want to sit with for lunch in the third grade Mm -hmm. until I became a test subject. I found my people with a group of people who were interested in what brains like mine could do. And then all of a sudden, I was hot stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, in every area of my life. Like all of a sudden, you know, uh, my love life, my professional life, my financial life, like all because I found I found my crew. Um, who were science nerds, by the way. They were not the spiritual, you know, masters. They were people who really wanted to see, okay, how accurate is prediction? Mm. How effective is telepathy? I mean, this is 1982, mind you. This is a long time ago. You know, um, can, can we know what's wrong in a human body just using they didn't call it intuition at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they made up all, I mean, all these names, just like all words, are yeah. made up. Um, but otherwise, it, it is part of other, you know, along with a traumatic childhood, it's part of what caused two siblings of mine to commit suicide. It is, mm-hmm. you, on some level, you want to use your, all the parts of you in the most effective way for you. Just like they say on a plane, put your own mask on first. Mm. No one is entitled to your you And yeah. it is your job 
And mothering, I'll tell you, really teaches this because it's so easy to do for your child. It's your job to take care of you first. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're taught, you know, there's a lot of, um, like like many people my age, I get most of my information from Facebook. Mm-hmm. And there there's there's so much criticism of everything and yes. every. Buddy, and I'll say something when my students are like, maybe you're going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I mean, I'm 62. I've been in and out of trouble <laughs> so much, you know. Um, but, but I've worked for the same companies for 30 years. I think I'm unlikely to be fired. Hidden, maybe, which I'm used to as a psychic <laughs> fired. I don't think so. But, um, but it, I, I think that it is so important. You know, sure, we have to protect ourselves, but it's so important to to say, is this serving me? Because mm-hmm. I, I can't carry you if I can't get up. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, my last question for you. I'm curious. When you meet and encounter people, like even sitting in the room with the two of us, do you feel other people's emotions, spirits? Like what is that feeling like for you? Um, well, you know, I don't. Unlike my students mm-hmm. who have done the really good work, even the young ones who are you know, 25 or 26, the really good work of forming a healthy ego structure, I didn't. I was an intuitive first. I was a psychic first. So when I'm in a room, I tend to become the person I'm speaking to. Hmm. Um, and then I often have a combative stance in order to separate out so mm-hmm. I can actually have a conversation. So I, I become the person... And of course, you know, I have a, an old-fashioned journalism stance where I will never do a reading to buy an interview. However, I always tumble into reading someone after yeah. because I've been in them. And I'll tell you something. I, I have been in some people who I think are scary, you know, uh, to mm. the general public, murderers, um, uh, you know, murderers are the worst. Well, not the worst, but when you're in them, you completely get them, wow. you know, and you really understand how important environment is, how important reframing things is. I mean, when something bad happened to you, you say, wow, hmm. okay, I'm equipped for this. This person clearly knows that. I'm back to that email, which just pisses me off so much, frankly, um, because that's really not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, 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 this is still, this is positive. Part of positive are the crunchy bits, you know, because I am an alchemist. Human beings are alchemists. You are an alchemist. You can turn it around. And we're all, you know, we're all presented with, uh, with difficult things. And I, I am not talking about positive thinking because one of my favorite phrases is positive thinking is dangerous because if you are headed into an obstacle, you will walk right into it unless you do something different. Mm. Negative thinking means all you see is the obstacle. Empowered, realistic thinking. I'm not there yet, or yes, this is difficult, and I'm going to find the tools to back to our target or goal, to mm. get to my target or goal. Maybe not, it's not quite as easy as I thought, but I'm going to, I am going to put one foot in front of the other because, and there is no guarantee. People always say, oh, I feel like I don't believe in myself. You don't have to believe in yourself. Mm. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and do it. That's so interesting. I have this whole I have this weird thing where, like, I'll have this anxiety over something, but then also at my core, 
no one believes in their self more than me. But it's weird because I'll have – it's like this balance of – and I've always said I'm like a, a realist. Like I look at the facts. I'm like, okay, this can go this way or this can go that way and these but are the outcomes. it might be able to go that way and often it does. Uh-huh. Often there's a way you haven't, you haven't thought of. But anxiety – you know, anxiety isn't from lack of belief. Anxiety – most intuitives who are precise the way I am and the way I train people to be, most intuitives are one of two things. They're either – on the spectrum so that they don't have a, um, they can detach mm. or they're hyper vigilant which is what you're talking about that's what anxiety is it's a hyper vigilance with scary targets mm. i'd say make better targets okay you know you yeah. know really like actively don't look for reassuring things but actively you know look for what you want in situations you know mm. the meal you've ser- you're served oh you don't like the greens you don't eat the meat Okay, well, there's that lovely potato. Mm. You know, eat that. Leave the rest. Okay, that's really helpful. And and learn from the rest. Learn, oh, this is what a meal is. Next time I'm going to order something else off this menu. Mm. And, and I'm going to make that a target so intuition shows me how to do it. You're incredible. Really incredible. As are you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Where could everyone find you, keep up to date with you? I'm going to read all your books. <laughs> I I. Uh, lauraday.com. I answer all my own emails, so wow. please, just one or two lines, um, because people email me such private things. But Laura Day Intuit on Instagram is where people exchange readings. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only psychic in the world, and my professional students uh, who who are amazingly well-trained, the way that I s- keep track of how they're reading, and so whether or not I refer clients to them, is by their Instagram readings. Mm. So go do a reading because look at your own intuition. That's so empowering. But also, you know, ask for a read. And I always post targets for the group to do readings for each other and to heal. But if you Google uh, Laura Day Intuitive, Laura Day Psychic, I think Google is not a word. My son just, my 29-year-old <laughs> just corrected me. If you search. Yes, but Google, no, same Google. thing. If you Google, he says, my, you're the only person alive who still uses AOL. Um, uh, those are the best ways. And and the book, I, I what I really recommend starting with, even though it is my most esoteric one, but it, it puts your life in order so you can study, is the audio of the circle. Mm-hmm. and keep a journal with it because that will kind of put your pieces together so your life works and then learning into intuitive skills is fun because mm-hmm. you can remote view and then see if you are right or wrong for example you know you're able to use it as a tool and not a belief and tools make us feel safe miss anxiety yeah. type tools when you know you have a tool and you know how to use it you're less anxious about situations mm-hmm. because you know how to deal with the rough parts no, that's that's so true. I can't wait to um, dig into it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. Time for my favorite segment, Ask Alyssa. So here we go. Let's kick it off. New follower here. I just graduated college, and I've landed my dream job in New York City in the fashion industry, and I couldn't be any more proud of myself. Although this is a huge accomplishment at 22, it's extremely hard to celebrate when I'm stuck living in my childhood home, which was the same place that inflicted my childhood trauma. I want to move out simply because I have outgrown this place and I am ready to flourish. 
I'm ready to move on and live my life, but my mom is taking that extremely personal, which has caused many fights. This job in my home life is not matching up and it's extremely frustrating. I come home to this toxic environment and get treated like I'm 16 years old all over again. Not to mention the commute is two hours each way. I know I should save up for a year or two, but I personally do not think my mental health and happiness should be at that expense. Do you have any advice on being stuck and how to navigate outgrowing your environment and the people in it help? Wow. Okay. I think that this is an incredible question and something that's like very, very important. So let me just start off by saying that I'm sorry that you're living in an environment that is triggering or traumatizing. Um, Throughout my experience in therapy, I've learned that 99, if not all of our trauma stems from childhood, things that have happened to us that might not even feel that traumatic at the time, but they like trigger us as adults. It happens to me all the time. Most of my insecurities are because of things that happened in my childhood. So first of all, I see you, I hear you. Um, I agree that in a perfect world you would save up and then move out, but this sounds like it's not healthy for you to be home. So I definitely would move out. I also, something I've learned is that once you're 18, like although our parents, if they're hands-on parents, still have a place in your life, they've done their job, they've raised you, and now you're your own adult and you're allowed to flourish and grow you're not meant to, you know, still be being helicopter parented, which like sometimes I'm really still so dependent on my parents as a 30 year old. And I have to remind myself like, no, like I'm an adult Mm -hmm. and I could make decisions and I could know what's best for myself. So I think you need to separate yourself as an adult from your childhood and I think moving out although expensive sounds like the best like option for your mental health yeah I totally agree I was like gonna say because I got my job also during COVID so Mm -hmm. it was very much just like it not that I like her situation is very different but I was with my parents too um but it was like hard because you're just like it doesn't feel like it's happening because you're just like working from home still and you can't really celebrate because you're just like, "Ah, whatever, I got the job. Like, I'm just at home, whatever. Uh, But I also think to the point of, yes, I totally agree with what you said. And also, if you're commuting two hours, that is Mm. such a long time. And that, like, time is also money too. Yes. Like, you're wasting a quarter of your day or however Uh long of your day that's four hours every single day that you're commuting like that takes a toll on your mental health too let alone coming home to like a toxic environment so I also think even if you can't afford to move into the city there has to be maybe even a place like in between your two-hour commute that could be cheaper than the city where maybe your commute would only be an hour 30 minutes like you've already done two hours so what would maybe an hour be fair and maybe it would be cheaper to live in like somewhere outside of the city that's like close yeah like Hoboken right exactly or Or anywhere in Jersey yeah or get multiple roommates like you kind of have to like slum it a little bit when you're young anyway because none of us are making a lot of money you know exactly yeah I think I, I yeah I totally agree I think you need to separate yourself from the trauma and set boundaries and I think a lot of people it's a really hard dynamic to set boundaries with your parents or your siblings Mm -hmm. and it's something that as you grow into your own adult you unfortunately like need to do there's all this stuff 
we could dig, like dig into this on a podcast another time. Like there's a book called like healing the mother wounds. There's all these things with how your parents, even if they're the best parents in the world, they still give you trauma, even if they're not meaning to. Yeah, exactly. And, um, there's a lot of like, they call it in therapy, like reparenting that you have to do where you basically have to reparent yourself. And, um, it's a whole long process and you could read books and you could do all the things, but it does seem like a short term solution would be moving out. Yeah, definitely. Okay. On to the next. Hi, Alyssa. Absolutely loving the pod. You are just what Barstool needed. Thank you. That's very Mm -hmm. kind. My boyfriend and I have been dating for one and a half years, and it's been amazing. I truly feel like I found the one. During a high-tension conversation, can't even call it a fight because we've truly never done that. He revealed that sometimes it feels like it's all about me. He doesn't have many friends or family in the area because he moved here for work during COVID, so always hanging out with my people. He also is the most thoughtful, sensitive, and emotionally intelligent man I've ever met, and he shows love with gifts giving and acts of service he's a hard act to follow in terms of showing my love back his words have really stuck with me so I'm wondering how I could take some of the attention off myself or make him feel like it's about him too any thoughts from you and Mackenzie are appreciated I love how you're in it. I know that's so nice oh my god I'm glad that you guys care about my advice wait this sounds like a really nice relationship so congratulations <laughs> he sounds incredible and even the words that you use like love language and emotional intelligence I could tell that you guys put a lot of em- emphasis into like self-help and care and it sounds like you guys speak to each other kindly I think that's really sweet but I also think it's really common I think there's studies around this. And again, whenever I talk about studies, guys, like this is probably just something some third party told me once. And I think I'm like a professional. (laughs) So don't ever hold me to that. But I do think there's studies around the fact that men naturally have less friends than women because they kind of just follow the women's lead. Like they become friends with like the girls friends husbands yeah there's like i'm pretty sure there's a tiktok sound trend that's like your dad doesn't have friends your mom just has friends that he hanged or your mom has friends and they have husbands too that's exactly yeah. it that is exactly so what it's I like was... it's definitely a thing I think. it's a thing i think with men because they're just not they don't care to stay in touch as much so they just kind of make friends with your friends so i think it's valid he's feeling that way and also if you guys don't live near them that's kind of hard. Maybe what you could do is say to him, I think you should just be honest and be like, what you said to me like is really weighing on me and not in a I'm sad way, but in a I care about you way. And I want you to feel just as like appreciated as I feel. And I, I appreciate how open you are with me and I appreciate how much time you spend with my friends. Is there something that you'd like to do? Mm-hmm. Whether it be, should we plan a trip with your friends? Yeah. Let's, you know, get an Airbnb for a weekend and go hang out with your friends. Do you like fishing? Do you want me to do a hobby with you? Do you Mm want to go to the driving range? Like, is there something I could do that fills up, like, your love tank a little bit and makes me feel like I'm partaking in things that you also like because I never want resentment to build and I don't want you to feel like your whole life is just me? Mm -hmm. Like, what could we do to make you happy? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely, like, at least just making the effort, too. Because I don't, like... Sometimes I can be this way too because sometimes like I don't show affection or like mm. in the best way because I'm like sometimes I'm just like emotionless. So it's not that I don't care. It's just that I don't like show, show it, it as well. So it might be just one of those situations where she obviously cares about him. So it's not like she's doing it on purpose. No. But yeah. it just seems like he is like 
oh, like over exaggerating it and she is not like matching that almost. or he's low key in the sense where he's like I'm gonna let you shine and I'm just gonna sit back exactly which is obviously like but it I good thing that he like was honest about it too that he felt that way yeah um, I think her. it's good that he said something and you guys communicated it yeah so I would definitely just recommend telling him you hear him you've been thinking about what he said yeah and I think that will even mean something to him to show that you're still days later taking it to heart because you care about him so much I think even just something like that and also you mentioned that he's good at gift gift giving and whatever the other love languages but what are his love languages because if they're affection give him more affection if his is gift giving give him more like you have to also not only make sure he's filling yours but your doing his yeah and you don't have to go over the top like i stole this i my sister gave me this idea but even like find what's his favorite drink and then like find a restaurant or something that like makes the best drink and like Mm. go to like take him to dinner or something yeah exactly like simple things like that just to say like hey i care about you and like i this is what i wanted and i'm thinking about right yeah okay next one ask Alyssa I'm 28 single and really invested in my career when swiping on hinge is it bitchy to swipe left on a guy that doesn't have a job that stereotypically makes a lot of money I'm trying to be open and I know that money doesn't buy love but I also know that love doesn't pay the bills (laughs) wow okay I think a lot of girls don't admit that we all do this right yeah yeah 100 percent like okay at least it's always in like the back of your mind it's in the back I'm actually, I do know some friends that really don't care. Like, they've dated baristas, bartenders, like, things that aren't stereotypically, quote-unquote, bankers, yeah. hedge fund executives, mm-hmm. athletes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That said, have I done this? Absolutely. <laughs> have I gotten better? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because as you get older, they always joke this is messed up too. But do you ever see a guy, like a eh, guy, with a gorgeous girl? Great catch. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, how did he get her? Yeah, I feel like that way too, especially in New York City. Well, you want to know why? Because as you get older, your list gets shorter. Yeah, exactly. And you don't care what they do, what they look like, if they're balding, if they're short, <laughs> if they're... You just want a nice freaking person right exactly and like my list has gone from this to this yeah are you nice do you have a good family do you care about family do you respect me do you treat me well I'm at the point in my life where I'm like I might be the breadwinner yeah yeah yeah. right honestly like and you know what if I am then I am I still obviously in a perfect world, like, I want to date someone that's successful because to me, I think um, – what's the word I'm looking for? I think that it is attractive yeah. to be a go-getter. Mm-hmm. So I personally am attracted to people that have, generally speaking, good jobs because I think being smart yeah. and being hardworking is really sexy. Like, yeah. that's like a trait that I like. Mm-hmm. But if I if that wasn't an attribute that I looked for and I just wanted, like, a funny guy, I'd date, like, a – stand-up comic that's not, not making any money that's right. torn I don't know you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. I think you have to just kind of like as you grow way out like what is most important to you is it living a humble life with a man that you love and treats you well or is it being married to a rich guy like Tom Girardi that's <laughs> going to 
get involved in bad business yeah. and then you wake up at 40 and right. your fortune's gone. Yeah, like, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I just think for me personally, I would never compromise love and connection for money mm-hmm. and something that my mom always taught me growing up because I would say growing up, my dad was successful. She said to me, I didn't marry dad for money. I married him for ambition. Mm -hmm. We both had ambitions to be successful and be good people. Mm -hmm. And we became ambitious together in our marriage. We didn't marry into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was working towards it. Exactly. She saw his work started out. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, I just, like, I'm like, uh, like, if you're funny, you're good. Like, that's, like, my number one quality. So you don't care? No, I think it's always, like, in the back of people's minds. But I also, to me, like, I'd rather, not that I need to be, like, the breadwinner, but I'd rather, like, be stable in my own. That's how I feel. Finances and stuff and, like, not need to rely on someone. Not that this, uh, yeah, yeah, we're not saying, saying, like, you're going to rely on that person, but, um, that that would just be how I feel. So it's not like like obviously it's a perk, but it's not like it I'm, needs to be. That I'm way. having a moral conflict because <laughs> it I'm, is hard because you because don't I'm being be a hypocrite. Person. Yeah, because I'm being a hypocrite because I know myself and I'm going to go on Hinge tonight and swipe right to a lot of dudes because of. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's it's so easy to be superficial on dating apps because when I swipe left, it's because. Maybe it's your job, but maybe it's also the way you look. Maybe it's your height. Maybe that apps are superficial. Yeah. Oh, people that I've like would talk to in person. I don't care as much, yeah. but I think apps create a world in being superficial. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're not doing anything wrong because you're being targeted to do something. Wrong. Yeah. And it's easy to just be like, oh, I don't like their job left, right. Or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't make you a bad person. No. And and they'll never know about it. If you swipe left on them, they'll just move on to the next one. And, they and I think they something. do it to us. I think it's just human instinct. Oh yeah, definitely. We make lists. And if you don't reach it, we're like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's spill the tea. I'm ready. It is finally time to talk about my girl, Brittany. I was distraught last week, to say the least. Like, I was crying. I was beside myself. I missed my subway stop. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> like, whirlwind. I... I know that there's so much to dig into. I also catch some of my live reaction on a, on a vlog that's coming out this week. So stay tuned for that. All in all, here's how I feel. I cannot freaking believe that every single thing everyone's been saying all along has been correct. I always actually genuinely in my heart did believe it. But I think what's so crazy about this entire movement is the fact that her fans started free britney mm-hmm. they started noticing that things were weird they started reporting on it they started digging up legal documents her friends are literally going to be friends i just said her fans are literally going to be the ones to like exonerate her yeah and if she didn't have such amazing supporters mm-hmm. none of this would have come to light in the yeah. way it did yeah it's like crazy so she really like should be indebted to the mm-hmm. not actually because i yeah. mean her life has been hard enough. But the fact that her followers did that, like, guys, if I ever got locked up, you better 
fucking come for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better. <laughs> if I'm ever in a conservatorship, I need the tea I tribe. I don't want to be in it. I need hashtag free publicity. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The kind of, and I yeah, need you out. guys out there because her, her supporters literally were right all along, which blows my mind yeah. to hear her in her own voice lucid. Mm-hmm. making complete sense yes she was mumbling rambling a little bit but because she had so much anger in her voice because she said i am scared that if i do not get all of this out here right now i will never have another chance to speak on this and when i hang up the phone with you guys i'm going to be back to the same life that i've been locked inside and right. i need to get i wish i could stay on the phone with you because i need to get this out yeah and she was like i'm excited for the world to hear she wanted people to hear I'm just like, I have chills. I'm so proud of her. I'm so distraught that someone has been able to be held against her will, overly medicated, overly everything. It is just so heartbreaking and so sad. And like, if there is not, wait, me and my friends were joking because we went to the pier, like pier 17 Mm -hmm. and we were like all hanging out on the night that the news broke. And I was joking that I was about to stand up and start a free Britney chant because there were so many people around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, if Britney doesn't get justice, we meet here 8 p.m. Oh every night and we march <laughs> until Britney justice is served. Oh, my and like, God. I was like joking, but like also not joking, guys. If, yeah. If this chick doesn't go right. Yeah. We meet and we march because I'm, I'm pissed. Like this woman deserves her own family or her own dad and i wouldn't say her whole family but yeah she deserves to have children she deserves to get married she deserves to have control over her body and to basically everyone was dming me saying that the medicine that she was on lithium or whatever is really 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 only used in dire situations when people are extremely non-functioning schizophrenic bipolar to the point where they need something so strong to basically sedate them Mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to use it like for multiple months in a row because it could cause permanent damage and she said i was on this medicine i felt like i was drunk i wasn't myself no wonder she's slurring right exactly oh my god i hate her family and she probably hasn't spoken in public Except, like, on her Instagram story or on her whatever. But they're, like, holding a phone to her yeah. when she's effed up, being like, like dance Probably to say the most important thing in her entire life. It actually makes me sick. It's, like, it's really unfair. She's a prisoner in her own home and in her own body. Yeah. And I am so livid over it. Her sister spoke out today. And a lot of people on the internet are like, oh, crocodile tears. We don't believe you. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. I don't know what I believe with the sister or not. Um, I'd like to think that her sister has her back. I don't know. I, it's too much. Yeah. It's too freaking much. Yeah, I know. I watched that story today and I, I like love Jamie Lynn Spears. So I, I like do believe her, but it's, uh, it's such, the conservatorship is such like a, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like touchy subject mm. that I completely believe if she didn't have any like say in anything that yeah that britney did because it was so controlling that nobody else could do anything i felt like jamie was coming from a place of defensiveness because she probably yeah. felt very attacked right from social media and the media in general so instead of her coming out with this like heartfelt thing she was almost talking from a place of like anger being attacked. yeah so i think that's why it wasn't well perceived yeah i think it wasn't as like delicate and like mm-hmm. light as like the public would have liked yeah but i don't think that necessarily invalidates what she was saying no yeah for sure you know 
And then I want to wrap things up, but I just want to say that right now is my Super Bowl of television. <laughs> Love Island UK starts this week. Um, it will be on Hulu in a few weeks, but I watch it live. So obviously I like buy a VPN, set my address to a UK address, and now I'm watching Love <laughs> Island. Amazing. Like, fully watching. Can't wait to go home and watch the first episode. Love Island US is also starting too hot to handles back i binged the first four episodes so did I. <laughs> the bachelor's on it's like this is my super bowl so good. my favorite shows one last thing i want to play for you guys before we go because it just makes me so happy and it is the love island theme song all right guys i will see you next tuesday